Joined again by E. Hello. And Robbie. Hey. They're back after not being here for a yeah. week. Um, yeah, so this week we are watching 2019's The Gentleman, directed by Guy Ritchie. Guy Fieri. Oh boy. Um, known for things like Snitch and Snatch. Two- Snatch? That one. That's the one. That's the movie, actually. <laughs> wow. Snatch. Snitch. <laughs> um, Snitch is Snatch? Uh, uh, two Sherlock Holmes movies. And a bunch of things you never heard of. Uh, he also had an Rock alias early, I believe, Lil Richie, correct? <laughs> God damn it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll be watching that today. I am the only person that's seen this one, which is why we went with it, actually. I think it exists. I've never heard of this movie. Uh, it didn't do great. Okay. No. It's uh, kind of coming back around to being beloved by fans, because I think it actually... Going to be cult classic. I think it will be. I when mean, a lot of Guy Ritchie was... movies are kind of cult classics. Like, they're movies that didn't weren't, like, super popular when they came out, but then started getting more of a following as they aged. Yeah. One movie, probably the highest grossing movie, I would bet, that he's ever done is one that most people just think is, like, completely fine, is he also directed the uh, Aladdin live action. Yeah, which... pretty fine is the best opinion I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah, movie. like, even me, who I, like, I don't like Aladdin. I like it more than the animated one. I'm like, yeah, it's completely... Fine. He definitely doesn't know how to direct musical scenes. So that's that. Kind of weird. There's a bunch of British gangsters in the background during this movie, too. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Gary's <laughs> thing is British gangsters. That's like his subgenre that he goes back to a lot. But before we get into that, let's start with Robbie. Yes. How's it going? It's been somewhat eventful, actually, for the time that, uh, for like the two weeks that we were gone. I actually got to watch some stuff, got to play some games. I, I am starting on Soma because we did talk about that. Nice. Yeah. Um, I guess probably the most notable thing is um, they, well. You got I, a new car. No. <laughs> I probably need one at this point, but no. <laughs> a new car got you. Eh? <laughs> I think that's just buses. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's one of those, like, if you're not 10 minutes early to those cars, then, you know, you, you just don't get on. Sometimes they don't even come around. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> Sometimes they'll just pass right by you because they're in a hurry. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> um, so. For the first time in like four years, I've been told I should be getting a pay raise, so that's nice. Dope. Yeah. All it took Hasn't was a com- new company. <laughs> <laughs> All it took was two new companies. <laughs> uh, I said that I should get it, but I haven't seen it in my paycheck yet, so I'm not holding my breath yet because like they've been doing a lot of changing around at right. the place I'm working at. But like, maybe other we'll than just that- be paid entirely in lottery tickets. I mean, I might. <laughs> I mean, how many lottery tickets? It could be a good raise at some point. Yeah, if you just get a lot of lottery, like a thousand lottery tickets, your chances are pretty good. Well, no, the your two chances months... are the same, actually. Well, yeah, they're the same, but still. <laughs> I mean, within the two months I've been working there and getting lottery tickets on Thursdays, I've so far won like five bucks. So <laughs> from the first week, no, oh, that's the your first raise. week. The first week I actually won three dollars, which is oh. why I started wearing the bandanas to work because like that was the stipulation. It's like you wear a bandana on <laughs> Thursdays, then you get a scratch ticket. <laughs> so basically. Subtracting the $3 you spent on a bandana, <laughs> you've won $2. Yeah. 
I mean, I had to buy another bandana because I lost it, but... <laughs> oh, so you're down a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Great system here so far. Uh, other than that, like, Jell actually went to a, uh, a concert for the first time in forever because pre-pandemic, she actually got a pretty expensive ticket to go see like Fall Out Boy and Green Day and stuff like that. And then they had to push that. it back until re- till, like just a couple weeks ago. She was very upset. Yeah. She was very happy to go to that too. Yeah. Um, She got me a bandana there. So I just have a bandana that says Green Day across my forehead now. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, Other than that, like I think the most interesting thing that happened, which I'm kind of like, in an oh shit moment about, is um they've had me work in the gun drill at work for a little while. But, like, they had a guy that I can go to, like, if I had any questions about it. And, like, that was helping helping me train on there and everything. Uh, this Thursday, he just, like, walked into work and went, yeah, I quit. To you? No. Okay. Uh, I was like, he walked up to HR. He put in, his pa- like, his paper saying that he, he was quitting. He's like, yeah, I'm done with this place. And walked out. Any paperwork And to he quit? was just done. Damn. I think it was just, like, um, not even so much that. Just, like, kind of, like, a letter saying that, like, he was quitting and, like, giving his badge. Okay, I was going to say, like... That's what they What's told the point me. Is of that quitting like, if you still have to do paperwork to do it? So, if you quit on good terms, you are supposed to give paperwork saying like, "Hey, I'm going to quit yeah. in two weeks. Now will be my last day, and here's all my paperwork." And I'll be like, okay, cool. And well, that is like good well, there's, terms. Yeah, they that's do that. more leaving. That's not really quitting. I mean, you're still well, you're quitting. quitting because like uh, the last job that I quit, whenever I moved back from Salt Lake City to here, I did the whole two week notice thing. Only I gave them the two weeks notice like two months ahead. I was just like. Because it was, like, in the beginning of September that I left, but it was, like, towards, like, the middle of, I want to say, like, June or July that I told, like, hey, I'm going to be, like, going back to Colorado and let them know. So, I, I gave him a two weeks notice, two months ahead of time. Well, but, like, I still had to, like, notice, it's a two months notice. Yeah. Two month notice. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I had to do, like, the paperwork saying that I was leaving, and then I had to do an exit interview and yeah. um, did some paperwork to, like, try to train some new people there and everything. But, like, yeah, he just walked in and said, like, yeah, I'm done. And yeah. walked out. The dream. That's the real American dream. That is the like. dream, actually. <laughs> but yeah, he um he had been talking about how he just wasn't happy there for a while, and like he's saying, if they didn't start treating him or better at work, that he was going to leave, and he did. He just straight up like walked out and said like, "Hey, I'm done," and then left. Damn. On top of that, yeah, or I guess not this Thursday because oh, it might have been Wednesday because then Thursday, like they talked to me and they're like, "Hey, we need you to no." I'm getting my days mixed up. I'm. Sorry. I don't think the day is the most important part. <laughs> Anyways, like a couple <laughs> days later, they told me that I needed to come in like this last day that I came in to work early and I came in because I guess the guy that was doing first shift on the gun drill wanted to like touch base with me and like try to fill any gaps in my training. Cause I guess Friday was his last day. <laughs> so within, within a month of working there, I went from being the new guy at the gun drill to I'm possibly going to be training people how to run the you're gun. The drill, only one so. who knows how to man the gun. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> like I'm the new guy too. Hey, you're the guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I kind of had like an, Oh shit moment. Whenever they told me like, yeah, like, Tomorrow is my last day. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, so, like someone just walks over to you. Hey, do you know how to like turn on a machine? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> let's see if I do. This is going to be fun. Let's see if I know how to do this. This will be fun. Start hitting the machine with the wrench. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's going to be interesting for the foreseeable future. Cool. Yeah. Also, you aged. You aged. Oh, yeah. yeah Happy birthday. Happened. I also Merry worked Christmas. on the day of my aging. <laughs> I'll... That's life. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what, what it is now. <laughs> yeah, because it was one of those, like, he said that he left, my birthday happened, then I had to come into work early the next day cool. and work a 13-hour shift. Jesus. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I think my supervisor is the only one who actually even knows when my birthday is at work, so no one said anything to me, which is how I honestly prefer it. 
I'm used to people not knowing when my birthday is. My own mother doesn't know what ber- my birthday is, honestly, a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. But yeah, it's also one of those, like, I haven't worked every single birthday, but, like, since I was 15, I've been working. Like, if my uh, birthday came up during a shift, then I just worked yeah. on my birthday. Yeah. So it just, it's normal for me. I've had pretty shitty birthdays after I left high school. Yeah, it kind of happens a lot, <laughs> yeah. I think. Out of the 12 that I've had thus far after high school, I would say, like, three have been super good. The rest have been just some days. I moved on one. That was pretty awful. Yeah. I've done that, too. I can probably tell you what my worst birthday was. but I think you've told that story before. I might have, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that's how my past couple weeks have been. But other than that, um, because this weekend comes up on a holiday, for the first time in quite some time, I'm having a four-day weekend. So this is day two of my four-day weekend. First time in 20 years. (laughs) It's been 84 years. (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, E, what's been going on with you? Uh, a lot of it's live show stuff, so I'll save you that. Okay. <laughs> li- li- listeners, go watch whatever live show happened. <laughs> Probably called, like, Big Boingy the Spelunky. Morgan um, Spurlock presents. Yeah. <laughs> um, But something I did do is uh, a game I play called Indie Pogo. Uh, the community hosts a contest for movesets every now and then, and I decided to enter this time for my first one. I saw that. Was that that weird baseball bat thing that you posted on Twitter? Yeah. Okay. So I, did... I had no idea what I was looking at. Yeah, same yeah, here. I, I said it just probably like... doesn't make sense out of context. Yeah, I saw that. It's like, it doesn't make sense out of context. It's like, okay, so there's a reason behind this, but yeah. I don't understand it. Basically, how it works is you have to design a character and describe every move they would have in the game. Okay. So, like, in that game, there's a grounded charge, three melee attacks, and four special attacks. So I designed all those. Is oh. the giant hand the special attack? No, that's his melee attack. Oh. oh. That's Wait, a, he has a baseball bat, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's also a melee attack. <laughs> have you ever tried to swing a baseball bat up? It doesn't work very well. I don't think I have, actually. It's, it's, there's not much force behind yeah, you it. You can't get a lot of momentum going yeah. up with a baseball bat. I mean, you can, but it's like a weird, like you're swinging normally, and then like you just kind of do a 90-degree turn up. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, like you just like get in your stance, and as soon as you swing, it just like pops you the, the other way. It, it's almost <laughs> like, like doing a golf swing. You have to have your knuckles the right way, or else it doesn't spin the bat right. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's almost like a weird golf swing whenever you you try to swing a baseball bat up. Uh, but um, yeah, I did that, and uh, there were fourteen people, and I placed eighth, which is pretty good for your first time, I would say. Nice. Um, what's the winner get? Nothing. Sometimes okay. they win. A, sometimes they'll win a game. It depends if the person running it has money at the time. Okay, well, fair enough. Yeah. They get internet points. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but yeah, and like, no one like disliked my set or anything. Like the reason I didn't score any higher was most people being like, "It's a good set," but there's not like anything amazing about it, which I'm fine with. Cool. Like, I made a very standard set. That's neat. <laughs> like you made a character. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So that was a lot of fun, but also so much work. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't think I'll do it again. But the animations fun. look nice. Yeah. I was the only one who actually made animations. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, most people just take screenshots or, like, we'll just draw a picture of what stuff does. Huh. So, yeah, I was like, I'll just animate it. I feel like this is the best way to explain my thought process. I feel like you should have gotten better for that then. Uh, I mean, I probably did better than if I just had pictures. Right, yeah. I probably would have placed, like, 12th or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun though, and 
I, it was just fun. I don't really have much else to say. Nice. All right. Um. Cool. Well, my tooth exploded. Yeah, oh. I heard about that. Yeah, it, it evaporated. It uh. Actually, that would probably be less painful. It would have been. Uh, it's just it broke, and then I got an abscess, and so my my head, the side of my face was the size of my head, and it hurt a lot. And I'm getting that tooth taken out on Tuesday. Oh, it's not out. No, I just they because they didn't have any spots open, so I just <laughs> had to take a bunch of medication. So they're like, oh, well, that really sucks. Um, hope you feel better. Bye. Literally, it was like, well, we'll get you in as soon as we can. Take all of these antibiotics. Um, if you can't breathe or swallow, go to the emergency room. If you die, then sorry. <laughs> kind of. But, yeah, so that'll be fun. American healthcare. Yeah. There it is. Um, if people say like other that... healthcare, you can't get a spot in for emergencies. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I feel like at that point in time, I would probably just, like, grab a pair of pliers and drink a bottle of whiskey and just pull it out myself. No, no, no. The tooth exploded. There's not enough tooth to grab. Oh. They got to go in there and they got to cut my face open. Yeah, it's going to be good. And they can't, like, give me gas, apparently. They got to just numb it. So Tuesday's going to be bad. So Tuesday, they're just going to bonk you on the head and pull the rest of your tooth out. It may as well be. I've had that happen for some of my teeth, too. It's really weird, like, because... You're numb enough where it's like you don't notice, but at the same time, it just feels off. Yeah, yeah. like it, it feels, feels like you're getting poked a lot. Yeah, how I describe yeah. It. I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, that's what it was like whenever I got my wisdom teeth taken out because, yeah. like, they didn't knock me out. They just gave me some numbing cream for it and everything, so I could still feel it, but it didn't hurt. For my wisdom teeth, they did knock me out, and so like five minutes. I think it was like sixty dollars a minute for the gas or something like that, and I was out for like ten minutes. <laughs> that sucked. Yeah, but. It was way better to just not know anything happened and wake up and not know where I was and then just have my face hurt. It was also, better. I would, I would hate that being the thing because, like, I'm under. I don't know how long they've used gas for. Actually, that's What if they just say yeah. it's an hour? I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think whenever I got my wisdom tooth pulled out, um, I was kind of glad I was awake just because of one of the things that happened because um, there was one that, like, the root was so uh, thick on it that they actually had to, like, cut open my gum and pull it out that way. There's another one they thought that they could get out anyways, and it's like I, they're just like kind of pulling on me, and like so I felt them like pulling on my head, and like I was kind of lunging forward a bit. But whenever they finally got it out, like the dental assistant, uh, she uh, like the words out of her mouth, quote for quote, was, "Damn, that's a fat ass root." <laughs> <laughs> and so even though I had headphones on and I was watching Netflix, I heard that and I laughed a little bit. <laughs> uh, on to the movie. Yeah, like I said, the gentleman Guy Ritchie, 2019. Um. Robbie hasn't seen it. Nope. E hasn't seen it. Of course. Uh, Robbie, you've seen some Guy Ritchie films, though, right? Yeah, I have. Okay. Like, I own Snatch, because that's one of my favorite you ones. You mean Snitch? <laughs> yes, yeah, Snitch, Robbie. Thank you. Jeez. Sure, why not? The prequel to Lilo and Snitch? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there actually is a movie called Snitch with uh, The Rock in it. I'm, I'm sure. Oh, there is, isn't there? Yeah, probably there movie, is. There's probably every word movie with The Rock in it nowadays. Yeah, yeah. And the most confusing movie that I've ever seen is The Stone starring The Rock. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a real thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I should open my notes. If you want. Yeah. I, I was going to say- with, Break the 4K? Break, break the movie? The, the funny thing about The Gentleman is uh, I didn't know that movie even existed until I start, like I looked up The Gentleman on YouTube. But the reason I looked that up is because uh, Moist Critical, the YouTuber, uh, has a band called The Gentleman. And oh. so I was looking up one of their songs, and then a trailer for this movie popped up. Oh. I would have thought you would have just got a lot of like weird Team Fortress Two videos if you look up Gentlemen. No, no. idea. Mm-hmm. You, you get a trailer for this movie, and then you get uh, Charlie White's band. 
Well, the gentleman is rated R for violence, language throughout, sexual references, and drug content. It is an hour and 54 minutes long. And and here's the fun thing. You can watch it on Hulu, YouTube TV, Sling TV, Fubo TV, Amazon Prime Video. If you have the Showtime add-on. Oh, boy. Otherwise, you can watch it on Showtime. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can rent it. You can't watch it on Showtime otherwise, then? No, you can. Okay, just how you phrase it. If you have the Showtime add-on, you can watch it on all those other things. But if you don't, you can watch it on Showtime, then? No, you you have to have Showtime with all these, which is why I don't know why they even stipulate that you can watch it on them. It's really dumb. Technically, you can, and that looks better in a search engine. That's true, actually. Um, and, uh, yes, Rob, you're right. Otherwise, you can rent it for two ninety nine from YouTube, Google Play, or Voodoo. Okay. The usual suspects. The usual suspects. Um, yeah, it's starring a bunch of people. I bet I don't know them. It is an ensemble cast, as you would say. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding, Michelle Dockery, Colin Farrell, and Hugh Grant. I know the name Colin Farrell. You? I know Hugh Grant, but I know the name Colin Farrell. You might have seen Colin Farrell. I don't know if I've shown you, you probably, anything with Colin Farrell. I don't know if I, I wasn't he on Whose Line. No, no uh, that was Colin Mockery. Oh, that's why I know it because it was a weird <laughs> joke in a YouTube video where it was like Colin Farrell, Colin Mockery, and that's the joke because they oh. were just saying like it was an infomercial parody where they were like Colin now, Colin later, Colin Farrell, Colin Mockery. That's pretty good. <laughs> so um, I know the name, and then I think that's I right think up there I, with the. Sorry. I was just going to, I'm pretty sure I know Hugh Grant, but I might be wrong. I don't know if you do. Okay, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> he looks very bland, I would say. <laughs> he did a lot of romantic comedies. Okay, maybe not. Before I read the back of the box, <laughs> um, let's go with E, because oh. you don't know anything about Guy Ritchie. No. What do you think this movie will be about? Uh, there's a man. Okay. okay. Who one might say is a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's probably part of a gentleman's club. Usually, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I actually really know what a gentleman's club is. It's honestly. a strip club. Nope, then I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep that guess because that just seems accurate anyways. Okay. <laughs> I mean, sexual references. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah so it's, it's Colin Mockery in the gentleman's club. <laughs> and he's like, this is how I sound, obviously. <laughs> that's I, that's what I remember Colin Mockery sounding like. Sure. Yeah. This really just makes me want to see a movie. Starring Colin Mockery as like a mob boss that's running a strip club oh, to like uh, as like a front for his side business. He's so good. That would be so good. <laughs> Hollywood, make it happen. Give us Colin Mockery as a uh, mob boss. And it's just like, hey, we're all in the gentleman club. It's real hush hush. Don't tell your wives. Okay, that's that sounds about right. Okay, <laughs> um, someone dies. That's my guess too. Okay, uh, Robbie. You do know things about Guy Ritchie. <laughs> I do. What do you think this movie's about? So, British gangsters, first of all. Okay. I'm guessing that there's some kind of elite group of gangsters that call themselves a gentleman. Okay. And I'm guessing that there's, you know, some shady mob guy stuff going on that they're going to be doing, like maybe a heist, or maybe there's like, uh, someone else did a heist uh, on them, and they're trying to get revenge for said heist. They're going to rob a stagecoach. Maybe. M- maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm guessing there's that, and like each one of the A-listed characters, there's like some kind of tough guy, and like each of them have like their own little personality quirk to them, okay. in Guy Ritchie style. All right, well, let me read the back of the box then, <laughs> which you have not done yet. Which I have not done yet, and this is the first time for sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
From writer-director Guy Ritchie comes The Gentleman, a star-studded, sophisticated action comedy. The Gentleman follows American expat Mickey Pearson, played by Matthew McConaughey, who built a highly profitable marijuana empire in London when word gets out that he's looking to cash out of the business forever. It triggers plots, schemes, bribery, and blackmail in an attempt to steal his domain out from under him. Featuring an all-star ensemble cast, including Charney Hunnam, Henry Golding, Michelle Dockery, Jeremy Strong, Eddie Marson, Colin Farrell, and Hugh Grant. Wait, where did you talk about Charlie Hunnam earlier? Probably. What is she in, Cinderella? Charlie no. Hunnam? I thought that's what you said. No. Okay. he's a, Charlie Hunnam is a male. Okay. Camille uh, uh, Cabello is in Cinderella. Okay. I don't know how I mix those two names up, but I sure <laughs> did. You sure did. One is you? a very buff English man. The other one is a kind of a small... Hispanic lady that sings. Mm-hmm. Brazilian? Havana. I was, is Havana in Brazil? Yeah. You're asking the wrong yes. person. Cuba. Cuba. We did ask. Cuba. Okay. There we go. I was going to yeah. say, we should probably ask your wife when she gets she's, back. I Cuba think she's though. Cuban. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So weed. Did you bring a stoner movie? Uh, it's kind of, but no. <laughs> this movie is really, really weird. I honestly really love it. Okay. Um, I'm presenting it, so I obviously have oh, an opinion. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing it has like that weird Guy Ritchie style of like, almost like you know the average British gangster dealing with all these kind of weird characters. It's it definitely has the Guy Ritchie style in it. Okay, but it's also just super weird in its presentation, and I really love it. Okay, is it gonna be a pug that's just like flying like Superman at a point? <laughs> that would be great. I hope. I wish. I hope that's in there. Um, and also just for reference, we will be watching the 4K blu-ray of it more k's than one can handle yeah at a certain distance yes you're correct <laughs> um but yeah uh let's go watch the movie all, all right. right all right we'll be back and we're back from watching the gentleman weehaw woohoo um, I guess. Interesting band. What? The who? <laughs> no, the, the gentleman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't understand that joke. <laughs> Me and Robbie had two different jokes, so yeah. that's okay. Yeah. And neither, they're not meshing at neither all. Neither were funny, but we sure <laughs> have. Nor are they meshing. <laughs> so it just leaves Dry as sad and confused. <laughs> um, I guess let's go with e here first hello this is your first guy richie film i believe this is my first little richie film <laughs> um spoiler free what are your thoughts it's neat it's like a gangster movie so <laughs> what saves this one from me is definitely the writing and not even just the writing the flow of the writing is really like oh, what's the word transcendent not whatever transcends the genre no like when you're like like in a hypnosis state trance yeah it's like very trance like okay um yeah that's i don't know like i wasn't in it until like halfway through oh really yeah i was very <laughs> out of it until about halfway through when it started really getting me okay. i shouldn't say really <laughs> when it started like make me kind of interested in it okay but it did feel like a Kind of just like a gangster movie, just okay. with good visual design and better writing than usual. 
I think maybe we should show you some gangster movies then, because <laughs> I would say Guy Ritchie's style of gangster movie is definitely very, very different from a normal gangster movie. Yeah, yeah. I guess not not necessarily gangster movie, but just like the gangster genre. Okay. So okay. like, including like a lot of games or cartoons I watched. Okay. Or like cartoons that parody the movies, <laughs> <laughs> which is more likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I'm not like it's it's in the upper of like the gangster media I have consumed but it wasn't like anything outstanding to me just like it was it was good okay okay interesting all right what about you Robbie so it is very guy Ritchie film without spoiling anything <laughs> if you know anything about guy Ritchie films it's very style over substance I can't wait it to is... learn what the heck that means <laughs> you just learned what it meant by watching that style movie over substance. Style over substance, like it's, you know, drinking $150 yeah. scotch while wearing, uh, you know, a very nice cardigan while, bull- or I guess, more or less bullshitting somebody and while trying to blackmail them using very colorful language while doing it, or while standing in front of a grill eating Wagyu beef uh, yeah. that warms your feet as it cooks your steak. And you <laughs> very might, stylish. Yeah, you it's might think you know everything substance. I'm going to do, but I know everything you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of uh, guys who maybe are a little bit too cocky, trying to ease their way into a situation that they really don't belong in, which is also a very Guy Ritchie thing to do in a movie. It is. Um, it is a lot of, you know, talking back and forth and a lot of guys, like, trying to get the one-up on each other while having a conversation. And it's, much in Guy Ritchie style, is also a very slow movie up until it's not anymore. I wouldn't necessarily call it a slow movie. I would say the pace is actually pretty breakneck. I would just say that the content of it is definitely not an action film. Yeah, well, I was going to say, because like, they even say, like, oh, well, you know, it seems like it'd be more of an action if we did this, this, and this. Like, yeah, but it didn't happen that way. It happened this way. Yeah. But it is very much, it is breakneck in the sense of, like, how fast things are moving along, but it is a lot of just guys talking to each other. It is. But I don't think that two guys talking to each other necessarily makes something a slow movie. I think the pace of the movie itself is what would deem it to be slow. Like, I would say where two guys are talking in a slow movie would be My Dinner's Andre. That, I would say, is a very slow movie. This, I would say, where there's two people talking most of the time, is not a very slow movie. I think in the way that it kind of presents itself, it is in some ways, because it is very, I want to say, like, our tough guys kind of showing their toughness while while talking to each other. I would describe the pace as... Putting together a puzzle, but by starting with the border first, it it all is the same length regardless of how you do it. But starting with the border first makes it seem faster once you get to the center. There you go. That's yeah. how I would describe the pacing of this. Yeah, it is very like a lot of talking, a lot of kind of people talking about how the puzzle pieces are supposed to be moving, and then everything kind of moving all at once towards the end of the film. People eating steak. People do eat steak. A lot of steak. Yeah. <laughs> But what would yeah. you say about your general enjoyment of it, Robbie? Uh, there were some parts that I just kind of, I felt like I didn't care about, but it did all come together at the very end. And it was very twisty-turny once it got to the end of the movie, too. Okay. Once again, kind of a Guy Ritchie fashion. Okay, it's okay. kind of feel like it's one of those, like, he, he gets a feel of what he wants for his film, or his, I don't want to say his more original films, but, like, you know, stuff that isn't based off of other properties already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, wherever you think it's going to happen one way, but then a twist happens here, and a turn happens here, and another twist happens here. Bring everything together, and it's all always building up to, you know, the moments that happen at the end of the film. Sure. So it is very Guy Ritchie. I did enjoy it, though. It is 
very much a Guy Ritchie film. And I do enjoy what he does, though. It is very much a Guy Ritchie film, which I also disagree with the style over substance thing. I think that there is quite a bit of substance here. But it's all very stylistic in the way that they do it, though, It's too. extremely stylish. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that that, again, I don't think stylish means style over substance. I think if style over substance would be all of these camera tricks were happening, all these cuts were happening, and there wasn't actually any substance in the dialogue that you were hearing. But I think that the dialogue is very substantive, personally. I don't know. It is very, it's stylistic in the way of like, you know, he wants it to be this big bombastic film thing and he talks about all the different ways that the film is supposed to be and then it kind of stylizes it in the way that he wants it to, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it whenever we talk more spoilery. Sure. Um, but generally, happy with it, I would say. I would, I would say, for you. yeah, generally I'm pretty happy with it. Okay. Top 10 guy rich film for you. I don't even know if I've seen 10 Guy Ritchie films, so yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I said before, I really like this movie. Uh, I think that it is incredibly, incredibly fun. And I just kind of really love all of the actors in it. I think they like play their part so perfectly. And a lot of this is coming from like the place that I really like Matthew McConaughey. I used to really fucking hate him, actually, um, because of the roles that he would do like he was pretty much like the romantic comedy guy in the early 2000s yeah and he very purposely like rebranded himself and started doing more serious movies and i think that was a great thing for him because i think he actually does have the acting chops to do it yeah so i think he just had to prove to basically the rest of hollywood that he did have those acting chops yeah in a basically in a world where they didn't want him to be anything other than the love interest in a romantic comedy he literally had to starve himself to the point of looking gross and ugly for people to take him seriously more or less for yeah. dallas buyers club where yeah. he had to play a guy with aids um that's that's literally the point to where he had to get to it or hollywood would give him real roles yeah um, and then decided to stay skinny afterwards too because they're like oh you're gonna put all the weight back on right no yeah he just decided not to go back to being like a beefcake guy yeah which fine that's fine yeah. <laughs> um yeah i also really like charlie hunnam I really like also a him. really good actor. I've really really liked him from um, Sons of Anarchy, which I think is probably his most popular role. Yeah, but I think he's really proven himself just as an actor in general. Like he's great in Pacific Rim. Um, he's great in kind of everything I've seen him in. Actually, yeah. well, it's one of those things like uh, you probably don't recognize him in it because he looks very different than in literally everything else that he's done been in. But like even like one of his very first roles was Children of Men, and he did a standout job in that movie too he did great in that that was yeah. his first big role mm -hmm. yeah yep, yep, and he did great it. in it yep, mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> i'm just sitting here like okay yep names yep <laughs> i'm just like thinking which one was that but we'll get into that in a bit charlie hunnam was the guy he was um, the right hand man to matthew mcconaughey in this movie which one was matthew mcconaughey mcconaughey the kingpin kingpin the main the guy getting out? Yeah. yeah the okay. guy who's trying to get out. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody did great. And I think also Hugh Grant, who is somebody who I've always considered to be like a huge romantic comedy actor. I think he did fucking great in yeah, this. I, I've never seen him in a role quite like this before, but he, he did nail it very well. Yeah. And even the parts wherever he's just being kind of quirky and weird and like, it, it was very out of his element to play a role like this, but he nailed it. Yeah. I don't, I've never seen another movie with him in it that he's played a character anything like this because he always is he always is like the main guy who's like the handsome man like he's always like always the very suave role. british love interest he's yeah usually typecast yes, yes for sure i would say like 
most of this movie is from people who were typecast for a very long time in their careers, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Because you get to see them play differently. Well, oh, it's actually Charlie Hunnam kind of is playing towards his role of like gangster guy who's yeah, he's smarter than he think looks like he is. Smarter yeah. than the average bear. Yeah. He he is British Jacks in this. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> what? Jax is the character he plays in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay. We keep on making all these references to I stuff know. that he has no I'm gonna idea just about. Fucking... <laughs> I mean, when it's my turn with an animation stuff, I'll do it to dry. But like... <laughs> and then usually I'll play along with you with the animation stuff, and Jari's like, what the hell are you, yeah. you fucking weebs? <laughs> <laughs> it's an American cartoon. God, you weeb. <laughs> I get it. You love Animaniacs. Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I really do. Love this movie quite a bit. I don't think it got nearly as much love as it deserved to get. A lot of people really did kind of disregard it. And it did come at a time right before the pandemic started. I think it came out December 2019, if I'm not wrong. Ugh. And it yeah, went into uh, to bad box office land, whereas we still preside. Yeah, it's that's all fair. all the tumbleweeds flying by. <laughs> so it was kind of bad timing at the same time then. Yeah, I mean, I think that it was probably not terribly affected by much of it because 1917 came out in around the same area. Um, that did fine. I think that this is just very much not like a a movie for the public, I would guess. I would, not, I guess. I, would, but. I don't know. I would disagree. I don't see anything in this that really wouldn't be interesting to a public audience. I think it's mostly the part to where it's extremely always British talking. and it's always talking. It is not an action movie. By any means. Yeah, but there's not even, like, subtitles, so people don't have to read things. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I don't know, like, the audience that goes to the movie usually loves British people. It's mostly young people who make fun of them nowadays. I mean, when you think of, like, or at least when I think of a mass market <laughs> audience... Um, yeah, you can reason... ask me what I think the <laughs> yeah. mass market audience The is reason clearly. why, like, Marvel movies and stuff like that and Transformers movies continue to do well is because that's what a mass market wants to watch. Yeah. You don't have to go in there and think about what's going on in the movie. You're told exactly what's happening, and then things explode, and you can leave in 90 minutes. And then the, it's like, haha, it's a joke. Yeah. Like, and this. And then you clap when the picture of Captain America comes up. It's what. Which, like, there's room for that. That's <laughs> yeah. fine, but, like. It may have been a case of, like, you know, people going to see this movie, hoping to see, like, the Kingsman, and then seeing this movie instead, and be like, well, that wasn't action enough at all. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like, this. Is not an action movie, and if you don't know Guy Ritchie very well, then this is just not gonna be like a movie that people are used to watching in theaters for sure. Um, I would say like the most popular American movie that he had done is probably the Sherlock movies. Yeah, which if people, I think that's actually how it was advertised as well as like Guy Ritchie film from the maker of Sherlock and Sherlock whatever Sherlock in the Garden Gnome. <laughs> yeah sure um but like yeah i think that's how it was actually advertised so people are probably going and expecting that kind of thing which those movies do have a very guy Ritchie feel to them yeah but they are also actiony and they're bombastic and they have uh, set pieces but is that going against one of your key points sherlock is also extremely british it is, it is but, but it's, it's also <laughs> extremely actiony too it is there are very big set pieces in his sherlock film <laughs> okay maybe i'm not far enough to sherlock <laughs> No, that's or, a different Sherlock. Oh. Yeah. That's actual okay. British Sherlock. He made one with an American studio, and he made two films in the U.S. Okay. Before. He's talking about the one with the Robert Downey Jr. in it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, there's n- there's no action in the Sherlock television show for BBC. Okay, that's why I was so confused. <laughs> I was like, that's like such a very mel- mel- methodic show. And like, yeah. if you made a movie, I couldn't see any action. No wonder I was so confused. Yeah, no. Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. There, He's literally, the thing is, he's like really good at fighting because he's so smart. And he can predict how Does you're going to fight. Any sense? How it works in there. Are those the ones that the bad Sherlock movie was parodying or whatever? Maybe? The one with, like, the stepbrothers. I think that was just parodying Sherlock Holmes in general. Okay. Yeah. The But the one, it's it, yeah, you've probably seen parodies of it everywhere in animation, because I assume it would go to that area, is, like, talking through what he's about to do in the action scene in slow-mo, and then the action scene happens, and it well, that's happens. that's just Sherlock. To, that's not Sherlock. That's in Sherlock Holmes the movies. Are you sure? I thought that, that happened is where in the that books. came from. No, that is where that came from. Interesting. Yeah, he's talking about like that scene with Robert Downey Jr. Wherever he's like talking about how he's gonna knock this guy out as soon as possible in order to move forward, and and he like, like draws the lines, doesn't he? He's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. The trajectory of the it's orange like, is gonna fly over there yes. and hit him in the buttocks. Yeah, that's where that came from. Is those movies? So you've probably seen those jokes a million times. I probably. I've seen similar jokes, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about, like, the discombobulate meme right now. The person who's, like, there's a bunch of mass symbols all over them, like... Uh, oh, that too. Oh, never mind. I'm <laughs> the wrong meme. I'm yeah, the wrong we're talking meme. about different memes now, too. My bad. A different meme. I don't uh, even know how you guys remember names of memes. I don't. I just know what they what they look like, basically. <laughs> I'll have to show you guys afterwards, but it's just, like, throw the hand- handkerchief, discombobulate. Hit the... Or hit him in the ribs. Discombobulate. Break his jaw. Discombobulate. Like, I'm talking about nope, that. Nope, that's not what I was thinking yeah. of. Then. Never even uh, seen that one. I'll have to show it to you guys after this. <laughs> <laughs> or not. We'll live. <laughs> no, no. Not only do you have to see it, you have to see the 10-hour version of it. Okay. Okay, fine. <laughs> you say so. Um, but all this to say is, I do like this movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, a surprise. A movie with a peaceable, together kind of twist and mystery surrounding it is right up Dry's alley. What? That sounds crazy. <laughs> Um, yeah. Also, I do think that this has a fun mystery element to it, which I like mysteries. Um, but I guess let's say from this point out spoilers so we can just talk about the things that, um, really matter to us here. Sure. Cause I don't want to go over every single plot point. Cause I think that this is one of those movies that would, would be, be fun boring. to experience on your own. <laughs> yes. Um, just, yeah. It would be just suffer, unsufferably be boring because like i said a lot of this movie is literally just two people talking to each other um which is there's also not a whole lot of fun facts about this movie because it is very much you you get what you see i did ask you about the budget because of one scene in particular where a character is puking and it (laughs) looks really bad yeah so for how good this movie does look there is that one puking scene that looks just silly um 22 million is the estimated budget (laughs) no i can see that (laughs) how did that scene happen Twenty-two million is not very much for a big movie. No. They got everything else to look good. They could have just like figure out good projectile vomit. So the yeah. thing for when it comes to like vomit in movies, it's one of two things: they either have like the actor holding fake vomit in their mouth and they like let it out and make like a make that uh, sound whenever they're letting it out of their mouth. Yeah, that's and it, like, that's whenever like you see in the movie or there's like a little tiny pile of it because that's as much as they can fit in their mouth for the scene. And then there's the scenes wherever. Um, they basically tape a hose to the actor's face and have him open his mouth and like just had it have it shoot out. Yeah. This is the hose scene. <laughs> it was there are I think some directors that do a much better job of hiding that hose with 
props and things With like it that. With not yeah. literally just splurting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think that this was not one of those no. scenes. Yeah. Probably didn't care that much about this part, I would say. Unfortunate. <laughs> this is a pivotal moment in the movie. Well, t- I can't even show that it is actually a pivotal, actually a pivotal movie. movie yeah. In the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that just made me laugh, so I was really curious about the <laughs> budget. Because, okay, like, I really enjoy the visual design in this movie. Like, not even just, like, how they set up shots. I think a lot of the animated elements of this movie is good. I joked with Jiraiya... The <laughs> intro sequence is really well made. It's really like cool. it's really captivating. And like the song it, fits with it so well. Yeah. It's perfect. Like it, kudos to whoever made that. I, I I should look that up later, but I won't, unfortunately. <laughs> that's just that's just how life Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, kudos for that. That that that's one of the high points of the movie for me. Super the intro super sequence. <laughs> super fun. I think it grabs you immediately and then it gets you into if you're not into monologues. I could see how this movie wouldn't be for you because this movie is monologues. Um, On top of monologues. Yeah, but I happen to love monologues to the point to where my sister thought that I was like very, very stuck up in my movie taste because if a movie had a monologue, I would like it more. <laughs> I just like monologues. <laughs> I like people talking. It's to fun. Be, yeah, to be fair, monologues are fun. They are. Like, They're it's super fun. One of those things <laughs> that I've realized, like I have some friends who like do some YouTube stuff and I've been in like one or two of their videos. Uh, I got to do the monologue for the bad guy in one of them, and that was super fun to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, a big thing about it is obviously the writing is really important. Yes. So that's why I'm cool with this movie and why I wasn't as cool in the starting bit. I think the starting's, like, it's all obviously written by the same person and mm-hmm. yada. I feel like it doesn't really get captivating until, like, the first twist, quote-unquote, point to me. What would you say the first twist point is? Um, God, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like about third, like when basically where you're learning like, ha, like the assassination attempt, maybe. No, that's like five minutes in the movie. Well, no, I'm saying like uh, whenever you find out it wasn't an actual assassination, but it was more of an attempt. No, that that's way later than that's I, almost the end of the movie. Yeah, okay. like uh, where where the raid the the raid, I guess around there. Is where I would when say. The fir- when the raid first happens? Yeah. Okay. I'd say that's when the, I think the dial, it's not, like, I couldn't, like, pinpoint, like, what about it start, got me over, but, like, something around there, like, started, maybe it's just, like, the way the words flow were starting to, like, get in my head a lot better, I don't know, but. I think that's totally fair, honestly. Um, I think the first time I watched it, I had that same feeling. Like, it really was the raid where, I, the first time where I was watching it in theaters with Liz, like, oh, shit, that's cool. Yeah. This is fucking awesome. And, like. Totally. Then you get, I think the reason why it works so well, because like at that point, that's kind of the end of Act One, and you start bumping into the things that are really happening in the movie, and you introduce Colin Farrell's character, um, in the I think it's boxer, right? Yeah, he's the boxer. He's he the like, coach. He's the yeah. gym coach person. <laughs> um, and I think that he injects a ton of life into the movie. Um, yeah, and it makes it more easily to invest in because he's not a bad person but he's done bad things and he knows how to handle himself very well and i think that he plays it so perfectly yeah like he he feels like a frustrated father yeah yes yeah (laughs) basically a frustrated father that wants to do good by his kids yeah i'll see you ready for fun he can't tell two characters apart all right who is it this time i thought the coach was the buyer uh, okay, okay what yeah that's not even they're not even similar specifically in the first scene like where he's like getting he's roughing up the punk kids 
I was like, dang, I thought the buyer was supposed to have like a squeaky clean look to him. And here he is just beating up a bunch of kids. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. It's, and then after I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not the same guy. I just, I was like, oh, you got a haircut? <laughs> he grew out a beard and was, is wearing pajamas now instead of this nice suit? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, yep, that's. I also like, this is an issue with a lot of mysteries. In usually in live action because animated usually tries to distinguish characters mm-hmm. other more than human beings. That's a weird way to say it, but um, <laughs> it took me a long time to figure out who was supposed to be assassinated in the first scene. <laughs> I think it took me until two thirds of the movie. Well, until they really tell you is how long it took me. Wow. Which, I guess actually, also speaking of typecasting, since we talked about that earlier, like Colin Farrell for a long time, like they tried making him to an action star, mm-hmm. like playing in like all these thrillers and action movies. Later on in his career, like now that he's gotten older, he usually plays in like comedies and like uh, these really weird roles, kind of like the coach or like, um, weirdly enough, like the first role that, that I personally saw him in, wherever he was like playing something a lot different, was whenever he was uh, in Horrible Bosses and he played like that, uh, that dead boss's rich, uh, rich spoiled kid. Yeah, he's he's very good. He's an extremely good, funny actor. Yeah, he that is. movie any good? I saw trailers and I'm like this looks really bad. Personally, actually, I actually yeah. really like. Yeah, I was gonna say bosses. personally, I like it. I could see why are places where you wouldn't like it, but there's I, sex I, jokes, aren't there? There's, well, there's uh, one of the movies. horrible bosses is straight up addicted to sex. Yeah, I probably wouldn't like that movie then. <laughs> the bosses aren't really the important part of it, though. Yeah. Okay. But, like, but the horrible bosses aren't the stars. Okay. They're the antagonists. Yeah. But like. I don't know. I, I really like Horror Bosses too, but I think it just hits that sense of humor for me. It's very but, funny uh, and extremely dark. Maybe I'll yeah. give it another chance one day when Dry is like, E, I'm doing Horrible Boss on the <laughs> podcast. And I'm like, I guess. <laughs> I, I, w- I would put that up. If we were to do a double feature, I would do that with another movie, actually. Another. Well, we already saw Office Space, so that's like the other big one to do. For, I don't even know if Horrible Boss is in Office. Uh, we can think that, of like but... some other dark comedies like that. Like I'm pretty there's sure there's lot. other dark comedies that deal with hit. I was going to say, maybe the duplex, but not that movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're off topic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Colin Farrell adds a lot to this movie. And, I mean, that's not to say I don't like the first act, because I think the first act does a really good job of setting things up. And as somebody who, like, really likes the, the speak of, like, film and, like, what the behind-the-scenes portion of it, the part where he is literally speaking about everything that's happening as if it's in a screenplay in a Hollywood picture yeah, is that, really that fun. part's fun. Like, it it tickles the same itch as, like, when you watch uh, Wizard of Oz and it turns into color. Yeah. Like, it's very interesting. I love the part where it's, like, not me, not TV film, but it, and it goes, okay. it goes to 4 by 3 <laughs> Yeah, not <laughs> digital, not for TV, but real film. Yeah. Grain. Analog. I know. And it <laughs> fucking changes to analog film. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. Yeah, like, that is really clever. Like, and then it goes into that wide panoramics shot whenever yes. he's talking about panoramic film. Yes, it's like, so good. I'll say this a lot, like, when a movie does it really well. I love movies that know what their medium is and know how to use it. Like, yeah. I'll, I talked to death about how Watchmen is such an amazing comic because of how well it uses the comics. This, this I don't know if it would work as not a movie, honestly. Maybe a TV show, but I think really it's a movie. <laughs> I don't think I it can is. see it as much else. It is very much a movie, but funny, speaking of that. Is there a TV show? Uh, in October of 2020, Guy Ritchie said he will start the production process of a television show based around this universe. <laughs> Whatever that means. 
I, already, I wasn't going to watch it anyways, but I'm not. <laughs> now I really don't want to watch it because I made that statement on air. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I think, yeah, this would not work as like a two-part miniseries or something like that. It would just not have that same heft, I don't think. Um, yeah. I think it's an incredibly well-written script. Yeah. I really, it's really very do. Tight. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. They clearly thought a lot about word choice. Yes. Which I'll give props to. Yeah, and it's something that's supposed to be so monologue-heavy and dialogue-heavy. You need that. And so I think they nailed that part of it. Uh, well, I just I bring it up because like, there's such a balancing act about like how a character should talk. Because yeah. like, how that how the... Uh, I'll call him the storyteller. I don't remember what he is in the movie. But how he talks is such like indicative of his personality. Yeah. Because like... I think there's like a trap with a lot of monologues where they'll be like, well, it's the monologue. So it's like a soliloquy and they got to speak so amazing verbose and like <laughs> all this colorful language when it's like, that's not always how a character talks. Like yeah. if this guy started busting out like four syllable words, I don't know if I would buy it. <laughs> well, it kind of works in that same way too, just for the sense of like Charlie Hunnam's character, uh, how he does, you know, speak in four syllables and like his very, thoughtful in his thought process and the way that he speaks and how he's trying to be very respectful and turns from that to calling everybody a cunt every five seconds which runs Charlie Char- charlie hunnam the guy with the beard and the glasses and the slick back hair he's the one that makes the wagyu okay oh <laughs> uh, yeah okay yeah yeah very and he's very blunt too he is very. i don't think that's against his character because no it's once he starts losing his temper as you see that that's when that, that bluntness yeah. comes out i'm not yeah. like even I mean, even his personality trait is just blunt. Like I, yeah. that's his character. Like I'm, it's not like he's a human being that I'm gonna be right, like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking go up to him. He's gonna be like, oh, you fucking daft cone, and like, no, like he's also yeah, the storyteller's name's Fletcher. Fletcher. Okay. Yeah. Also, a fun thing with the story when you see him like throw down the screenplay, Bush written by Fletcher. Blah 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 blah. Uh, the code name for this movie was Bush. Fair enough. And yeah, so the idea is like. The movie you're watching is this screenplay that he's trying to pitch. I mean, yeah. It's neat. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just a fun, dumb thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also feel like it's very Guy Ritchie. It is, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, I'm like hit or miss on that where it's like, oh, he's he's trying to pitch the story that he's telling. So like, <laughs> I'm like, I think it get, did good use of that once or twice, but I don't know if it really utilized that to the full extent. I think it was mostly just a lot of fun. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I don't know. Like, it's a weird balance with me. Like, how much do I actually care about, like, <laughs> if they should? Because it's a... Uh, I remember I used to talk to you a lot about this. There was a while where I was like, I feel like if you should if you use animal characters, like, that should be vital to the story. And I've I've gone back and forth on that. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe sometimes you just want to have animal characters. Who cares? <laughs> like, so, I don't know. If you ask me another day, I probably wouldn't care. <laughs> like, it's just one of those things, but... I don't know, there's, like, a fun little, like, fuck, like, a, screw, what are, the screw the audience joke when he's talking to Dry Eyes for the first time, mm-hmm. and, like, uh, Fletcher's, like, going way off the rails and just fucking making up a stupid story. It's insane, fucking murdering people, yelling, yeah. and then he's like, that didn't happen, Fletcher, he's like, I know, just making sure you're paying attention. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it kind of feels like a weird Tarantino scene in this movie, is how I would describe it. I would say in the filmmaking industry, Guy Ritchie and Tarantino would be cousins. 
That's fair. Their movies are extremely similar and very much based off their own upbringings. Like, they draw from their own lives a ton. This movie doesn't have nearly as many feet either. Not nearly no. as many, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't know. It's like an interesting thing because, like, at the start, I almost wanted to say it was like Tarantino like dialogue basket when I was like, no, this is very distinctly its own thing. Like, Tarantino has a very in, like, specific niche that he fits. Yeah. And at first I was, like, inter- thinking it was kind of like that, but I was like, no, because this doesn't, like, Tarantino has this weird thing where he'll, like, have such a boring thing but tell it in such an interesting way, whereas I don't think this does that as much. No. I think it's a very interesting thing told in a very, like, bombastic way. Yes. Yeah. Because um, this is basically a guy saying that he wants to retire out of his business and trying to sell his company to somebody else. Like, that's the main yeah. idea of the movie. The whole thing. That's, yeah. That's really the whole movie. But also weed. Yeah, weed. Weed's in there. Um, but yeah, I think I think this movie is just, like, a really fun character piece. Like, the characters in it are all just really, really fun to spend time with. Um, Michael Pisson's pretty cool. Michael Pisson? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the guy you're getting out. Michael Pisson. <laughs> Mickey Pearson, you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so close, <Eve. laughs> Um, I mean, I do. I, I, like, I was joking about the name, but I do actually like the character. He's a really interesting, like, not like a. He's like felt like he stumbled into being a mob boss, which seems yeah. pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. it is because it does tell his backstory of him, you know, kind of starting off in a trailer park selling weed and then moving his way up to the point where he has like a half a million dollar business. Yeah. And the only reason he got his or not half million, di- half a billion, sorry. The only reason he had to get his hands dirty is because he literally had to, or else people wouldn't take him seriously. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me, they use like weird mach- blunt machetes. Like what are those machetes? What are those? those They're machetes. machetes. Okay. Maybe I'm just used to how like Hollywood depicts machetes. They look very weird. No, those are just machetes that you would get off the black market because you're not allowed to have those in the UK. I guess. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the fact that there's ever a gun in this is like, what the fuck? I, yeah. I mean, there's many guns. Actually. Yeah, exactly. That's like they're very shocking. I, I mean, yeah. Um, guns in Great Britain are very, very illegal to the point that even the police don't carry guns. The only th- people that you'll see actually holding a gun in Great Britain is either a soldier or a SWAT member. And so the fact that anyone is holding a gun, period, in this movie is supposed to be a big deal, which is why they show the paperweight, quote-unquote, yeah. and how that alone could get him five years in prison. Yeah. Um, and it also makes the scene later on when Charlie Hunnam's chasing that one kid after the cell phone <laughs> yeah. um, more like, oh, shit, he's, like, going to murder everybody, yeah. and why they all are so scared. And they digitally imposed ammo flying out of this. <laughs> I caught that. Don't think I did. Yeah. 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 It looked very off. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's fun. I actually like all of, every single scene Charlie Hunnam is in, I think he elevates it in a weird way. He, he's a very interesting straight man, because yeah. he's not actually, like, a typical straight man, but the world itself is so absurd. Yes. That he gets away with it. Yeah. Um, also, just, like, his little, like, quirks that he puts into there. Um. Like how he's a germaphobe? Yeah, like, that's just fun, because he just starts getting more, like, he goes, at a certain point in the movie, they go to get some rich aristocrat's daughter back from, like, yeah, this drug Laura house. or something like that. I don't remember her name. It's not terribly important. Um, but they go I to- I the names. <laughs> uh, Laura Pressfield. Okay, yeah. They go to get her, and they break into this apartment, 
and he doesn't want to be there. He voices his uh thing to his boss beforehand, like, I really don't want to go. I would really rather not. He's like, well, you're my best man. You got to be there. He's like, okay, but what if we just send the other person? Like, no, you have to go. <sighs> but they're so fucking dirty in these smack dens. Like, <laughs> just put your OCD to the side for one day. You're, I'm not asking you to just go and spend a week with them. Just go and take care of it. And, like, from the moment he's in there, you see how impatient he is with looking at, like, all right. the things around him and, like, freaking out about it. He checks their fridge. Like, he yeah. gets the well, first thing he does is open a window. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's great. It's just a bunch of small stuff like that that helps really build a character. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. But it is one of those, like, he's just there to basically muscle them and put a scare into them. But he has to deal with his own OCD first before he can put a scare into them. Yeah. Um, it's great. Yeah. I mean, even, like... The weird like monologue he gives to them about how how to roll a joint in the UK <laughs> yeah. rather than the American way is such like a stupid thing that's yeah. amazing. It's dumb. It's real dumb. <laughs> it's just like very boomer like in my day. In my day we <laughs> smoked real joints, not these pussy ass yeah, like, fake joints you got now. This whole thing of like I don't see why you can't just have a fifty fifty tobacco weed blend and right. smoke that have a little bit of a smoke, a poke, and a glass of wine, and have a good time. Instead, you gotta go and get addicted to all this shit. And it's just fun. It's like a fun yeah. monologue. I would say, like, that's kind of why I like this movie so much, is because I would say every ten minutes, there's just an extremely... Every ten minutes, yeah. There's, like, an yeah. extremely fun monologue. And in between that, there's, like, just decent dialogue, and you're, like, enjoying it, going along, learning more about the characters. Mm. But those monologues really are, like, the key pieces to attach to for me. That's fair. I... I'm always very like character driven, so I do really res like I really like the coach character because he's just really fun and like he's he really is just out of his element in a lot of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like basically gets strung up for the ride and just wants to be doing good by it so his kids stay out of trouble. Yeah. yeah. He is very much I'm trying to think of a good term to put for him. Every man. No but well, not even that, like um <laughs> Like you said, he's out of his element because he's basically, it's one of those, like, name which character doesn't belong in this, and he's that character. I almost want to call him, like, a cigarette inside of, or in the middle of a cake or something like that, because it's <laughs> just something that doesn't belong. Like, you know, you see everything, and, like, all the elements are supposed to fit into this one category, and then there's just, like, one thing that's just way out there. And the coach character and his kids are the part that's just way out there. You bought a pack of cigs, and one of them was a candy cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the wild card. Yeah. Um, well, I say cigarette and a cake is because, like, it, it's basically you, you put out a cigarette and a cake and it ruins the whole cake. I guess. I'm just, like, because, like, it just seems funny that the cake in this situation is, like, the drug <laughs> crime boss scene. <laughs> and yeah, he's and the it, cigarette. <laughs> well, all that entire drug scene is very bombastic. We are dealing with, you know, the man who's trying to sell his uh, his empire for $400 million. Now has it hidden in all these different are you know multi-million dollar estates and stuff like that and like all of it is like very big and bombastic and then this guy that just you know has a humble little gym and has some friend or has you know some people he considers his kids because they go to his gym all the time and they're his his regulars and he cares about them like it's very like very small town and like this very big picture out of kind of element yeah um which i think his maybe is some of the most fun story stuff you get like I would say his is the most pure comedy in the his movie. His is like very much a uh, rep- not a reprise, uh, something from the main story, like just a relax a bit kind of reprieve. Yeah, 
<laughs> I would say he's very much a reprieve from the story, even though he's important to the story. But like, he is, yeah. you know, when he's on screen, that it's like very. It's gonna be a much sillier scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, the when you're first introduced to him, when he's getting his sandwich or whatever that is, very British. I don't know what sandwich he's eating. I think he's just getting fish and chips. Oh, maybe. Because like, like he put like a bunch of vinegar on it. Or whatever. Yeah, they do that in Britain. Yeah, well, they, they're they just, wrong. Yeah. Fish and chips, and then they just throw vinegar on top of it, which is why he burned that kid's eyes whenever he sprayed him with yeah. it, because he yeah. sprayed vinegar in his eyes. Also, if it's any better, it's not like pure vinegar. I yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. Like, they put fancy it's oils and junk. And stuff, yeah. But yeah, I think it's just a fish and chip shop. Yeah, probably. Um, But yeah, like, when you're introduced to him there, and he just, like, fights all those kids, and they're like, you, you kind of suck. Just come to my gym. We'll, we'll figure it out. I know, like, <laughs> he's just like scolding them as he goes. Like yeah. he's, he's not even like mad that they're being dumb. He's like, you're not even doing it right, guys. Yeah. Come on. If you're going to try and stab somebody. Stab him. Don't fucking dance around. Right. It's so, <laughs> yeah. so silly. I mean, it kind of sounds like somebody who trained someone their entire lives how to fight people. I mean, yeah. Like, like, it's like if you just... Like, if someone just goes up and is like, I'm going to box Mike Tyson, and they're, like, <laughs> up there doing, like, the fisticuffs yeah. formation, yeah. like, a coach would be like, dude, dude, no, what are you doing? <laughs> Where's your like, stop stance? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you need to stop. You're going to get yourself hurt. Sit down. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then, yeah, how he's thrown into the story because the kids at his gym steal all the weed because they're turned on to that. Not turned on by it, but <laughs> that's a word I was thinking. Put on to it, like that's a phrase person. I was thinking of. The coach is very much like a wrench that's thrown into the machine with this. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. is for sure. Um, and how literally his entire story is he's only involved because he's trying to get his kids out from being killed. Yeah, and that's great. Like even the part when he goes to talk to Charlie Hunnam's character in the bar, he's like, "Hey, listen, um, my kid's fucked up." Uh, that's my bad. I can give you all of your property, money back. I can't give away the time, the pain, and the ass though. So, uh, until that's paid off, I'll be working for you. Yeah. And, like, that's because just Because it's really... the very least that I can do. Please don't hurt my kids. Yeah. And then, like, later on, he's like, I'm not a gangster. I can't do this forever, so you get three favors, and then I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's respect, like... He's it... very respectful in his own little funny way. Yeah, he is. And I think that that's, like, it's helps build that world as well. Yeah. Like, they don't want to hurt him or anything like that. Like, and he's very respectful to them. So you're like, okay, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. As we, it since, is. Oh, go uh, on. Since we're talking about the favors, I was, I'm confused with what the favors were. So the first one is the uh, Fletcher is like trying to get the story to a man called Big Dave, who owns a big tabloid industry, basically. Mm-hmm. So the first uh, favor was they took him and then something happened to a pig. That he doesn't need to get out. Um, I can probably piece together what happened, but yeah, it's left yes. to the quote-unquote imagination. Uh, then he sits there while Fletcher and stuffs Fletcher in a box, I guess. And he saves his ass, but he says four. What was the other thing? So I think one of the favors was getting all of the intel and following him around, Fletcher yeah. around, while he put all his little nests of information everywhere. Okay. Yeah, so that was number one. And uh, I think number two... Or I want to say number one was added on to the getting his insurance policies. Like, that was number one. Mm-hmm. Number two was making sure that the story didn't get out by making that guy do unspeakable things to a pig. Yeah. Um, I think number three was silencing Fletcher. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, the and then four was saving 
his ass. Yeah, yeah. Fourth, uh, the fourth one was yeah saving his ass from those Russian mobsters that yeah. were coming to his place. So yeah, like the, shooting those Ru- Russian mobsters going four. Yeah. <laughs> I also fun. just love that scene because he looks so pissed off. He's like, you made me do another favor. Yeah. <laughs> you owe me $10. You're welcome. <laughs> You're buying me fish and chips today. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be me if I was a monster. I wouldn't like I'd be like, they'd be like, oh, what can I do to repay you? I'm really feeling like some little Caesars today, you know. <laughs> they're like, what, what, little Caesars? You want, you know, like ten bucks or yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, you want like Tonio's Pizza Ria? And he's like, no, no, no. I just, I just need some like really greasy pizza right now. I don't. <laughs> I think that'd be kind of fun to see in a movie like that too. Someone who like very much doesn't have a rich taste dealing with a bunch of aristocrats, and so like they try to like pay him off, and he's just like, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what am I gonna do with ten thousand dollars? And they're like, you, you like they mean buy <laughs> caviar? That's like fish eggs. That sounds disgusting. Well, no, like I was, get, I was actually gonna say like he, like a guy that's out fishing, and they give him caviar as a way to like try to bribe him. He takes like one of the caviar eggs and puts it on a hook and casts it out. <laughs> <to> like, <laughs> they're like, that was eight thousand dollar caviar, but tuna. <laughs> if this don't work i am not helping you <laughs> i want to make that now <laughs> just like a hitman story with someone who just does not care <laughs> some guy who's perfectly happy living out in the shack in the middle of nowhere and driving a beat-up truck yeah like they're like they're driving like a lamborghini sir we are here to make an offer and i'm like I don't know. That car looks like it's not good on fuel efficiency. <laughs> it's like a 20-mile drive to the best pizza place in town. It's the man who always prefers practicality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, we, we could get you, like, a, a Prius. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm glad you're here. I couldn't think of, like, a car. <laughs> well, I guess that's actually one of those things that they are talking about in the movie that, like, I knew exactly what he was talking about. You guys <laughs> yeah. had no idea. It's like, yeah. um, dry, dry eyes. Yeah, dry eye is... Uh, needs to have a meeting with the you know the kingpin, and he does it by bribing his wife by giving him uh, a bunch of like these fancy rims and some mm-hmm. LS engines, which an LS engine is like what they put in Corvettes and Camaros, so they're very expensive engines. And uh, he said they gave him like around a hundred thousand dollars worth of them, or of engines for free, just so he can get this meeting. So yeah, they're like three to three and a half thousand dollar engines, and that's just the engine itself. That doesn't count the rims or everything else right. that was inside of there. Just insane. Yeah. Actually, that reminds me. I kudos to this movie for giving the wife something interesting too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I mean, again, it might just be the ones I watch. I feel like a lot of times the wife is literally just the arm candy in the yeah. situations. I was and, gonna like, say like uh, the thing about this movie. I don't think it passes the Beckman test. It does, however, pa- pass the lamp test with flying colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think there are enough female characters for it to pass the Beckman test. Well, that's no, what I'm saying. There's... It doesn't because like she's pretty much the female character. However, she's definitely not a lamp character either. Yeah, that's the... yeah. Which for people that don't know, the Beckman test is two women having a discussion that doesn't involve a man. Right. Two named or yeah, yeah. two named characters two, having yeah. a discussion that doesn't involve men. Yeah. Uh, however, the lamp test is basically <laughs> can you <laughs> can you replace this character with a lamp? If yes, they do not pass the lamp test. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just because, like, it's she clearly like actually cares about this. Because uh, she runs a advanced auto parts, but fancier. <laughs> she runs an extremely fancy car shop. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like she runs an advanced auto parts. I don't yeah, know. it's like cool. Yeah. I, I think more like a British version of like West Coast Customs. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Sure, yeah, sure, probably. <laughs> uh, West Coast Customs is a ba- place in L.A. that like works on very high-end cars and like modifies them and makes them nice and everything and okay yeah. yeah okay so yeah um 
But yeah, she like runs that and clearly cares about that and all her clientele and like gets shit done. Yeah. Whereas again, like I feel like in a lot of these movies, they're either they literally do nothing or it's a weird stereotype that I learned about from my capitalism class I took in college, where basically a rich guy just has a wife and she gets to just open a clothing store. <laughs> and then as after they taught me that, I was like, God, that's like a weird trope. What the hell? That is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Capitalism classes is weird when you don't like capitalism and you learn how awful some of them are. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, actually, you do learn like a lot about her business and like how she runs it very quickly, like from her first introduction. Like this is she get gets mad that a car isn't done on time. She's like tells the person who's waiting like no charge, get her some champagne. Where the fuck is the mechanic? Right. Well, it's not even that. Like, she's like, why did you let Jerry run? Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> he's shit, basically. Yeah. And he's up there smoking weed with the boss. Yeah. It's honestly just like, I think in five minutes, you learn more about her character than you do most main characters in a lot of movies nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Well, unless that main character is heroic guy with a dog. Who has, what, that, what character is that? I don't know, John Wick. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. You purposely just, don't learn much about him. Yeah, though. I know. <laughs> I was going to say, to be fair, I think you do learn more about her in five minutes than you learn about John Wick in three movies. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. Like, she's a really. There's not, like, any characters that are not interesting. Like, the least interesting is uh, George, I they called him, the leader of the heroine. Yeah. Which he's. I think that's on purpose, though. You're not. You don't need to know. Much no, about you don't him. need to know much about him. But you do learn like a lot about his character and stuff like that, and like how he runs his business and yeah, what business right. he has, and, what, and how his. Uh, I don't know what the call of best Hier- man. I guess hierarchy. No, like specifically dry eyes. Oh, okay, yeah. What he is in the hierarchy, I don't know. Second in command, I guess. Yeah, I, I think know. second. And like how, because when he's talking to him to George, he's like, "I'm gonna repute something you told me. You told me," and he's like. The young will overtake the old and piss on their grave. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you get like snippets, but like out of all the characters, he's pretty not. Yeah. He's defined. he's the least character out of all mm-hmm. the characters. He gets to puke. <laughs> yeah. Actually. I think that kind of was his character is like you find out that, <laughs> that he gets to puke. Well, no, just like I think they tried making him seem kind of like a more of like a shady mob boss because like, you know, he's in a dark diner by himself watching uh horse races yeah horse races over saddle over like a bootleg satellite <laughs> yeah he doesn't even have he doesn't even want to buy real satellite. Yeah. yeah but like that's his vice is watching chinese um now watching chinese horse races mm-hmm. and he tries telling him was like that's it's not only just that it's the fact that you know you run a heroin business and he's like oh well i only do the uh only do the production of it kind of thing yeah. i don't i don't taste into it or whatever He's like, okay, yeah, sure, sure. What about tea? He's like, turns off, he's like, did you come all this way to talk to me about tea? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> That's one of the like, clever things it does, like, that he clearly was doing that because he wanted to coax him into taking the tea. I think yeah. that's pretty interesting. Yeah, because yeah. that's where the poison is that makes him throw up everywhere. Yeah. yeah, like, there's a lot of fun, clever stuff in this. It's, mm-hmm. it's very well written. Yeah. And it looks great. And, uh, I I would say that it's probably my second favorite Guy Ritchie film, actually. Just Sherlock 2? Sherlock 1, actually. Is it? Yeah, I think it's Sherlock 1, this, and then Snatch. Or Snitch. <laughs> you know I was going to do it anyways, didn't you? <laughs> yep. 
I guess we didn't talk about the buyer much. I think he's a really interesting character to talk about. Yeah. I don't um, remember his name. Do you have, you got it, Robbie? Yeah, let me pull it up really quick. I'm going to guess uh, in the recess of my mind. Alvin. Theodore. <laughs> Matthew. Dang ah, it. close. <laughs> we almost had it. It was the third chipmunk. <laughs> Alvin, Matthew, and Theodore. The three chipmunks. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but it sure did. Um, yeah, Matthew. He is a very fun character because you get introduced to him basically right away. Yeah. yeah. And you know that our main character that Matthew McConaughey is playing is trying to sell his business to him. And so he's basically courting him to like yeah. try and get this business sold to him. And that's where you get like a lot of great exposition in a very clever way of like being being able to explain it in world to this other character. Yeah. To where it doesn't feel like just pure exposition. Yeah, yeah it it feels more like um in a weird way, like a, someone who's like talking to investors is like, this is my company. This is what yeah. we do here yeah. and stuff like that, which um, I don't even think it was like investors. I think it was, uh, well, it might've been some clientele or something like that, but you know, every now and then uh, just working in a machine shop, like uh, the bosses actually like bring people through, whether, you know, it's uh, people who are looking to get parts made for the, their company or uh, OSHA or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, walking through. It'll explain how everything machine works. machine made in 1964. <laughs> here's all the rivets. Here's Robbie, who is responsible for 400% of our production. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> that much? What? <laughs> Can I have a raise? I mean, weirdly enough, it was kind of like that whenever I worked at Envirotech, but I worked on a lathe from the 40s. Uh, I know, yeah. Even worse than my joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, and like, it's interesting because you, like, you want to think he's like just a bystander in a lot of this. Yeah, because the movie does forget him for a lot of it. Yeah. Until you, until it does it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's neat. It turns out, um, and there kind of are hints in there, too, that he's, mm-hmm. like, involved in all of it. Because it turns out he was the person who gave the information to the kids at the gym so that they... Or, no, he gave the information to another gang to who dry- gave the information to the kids at the yeah, gym. Yeah, to Dry Eyes is second man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fuck with a PH. Is oh, yeah, fuck. fuck. Fuck with a PH. Fuck. <laughs> yeah he gave the information to him which gave the information to the kids to go rob that place and then they found out afterwards like oh like th- that's who we robbed whoops oh no you robbed mikey pearson <laughs> yeah pearson yeah <laughs> um uh, it's their accent and yeah. i just it just sounds like they keep calling him pearson <laughs> i think he very purposely has like that cockney accent with a lot of them too so that way it's just like it's hard to tell what they're saying it's almost like Talking to a redneck with a very, very <laughs> okay, I, I, that's, bad I'm pretty twang. sure that's just because we're all American and don't hear British accents all that often. Well, oh, I don't. I, I hear them more than most, actually. I watch too much British television. <laughs> but. but no, I feel like that's like uh, the British version of like, they're talking to a guy right down from the south and talks like this a lot. Yeah. Actually, that, it's funny you say that because the accent, the American accent that most British actors think is the easiest to do is Southern because it's extremely <laughs> close to British. Yeah. Like, so it's very, uh, Close, like almost like that soccer hooligan yeah. accent. Yeah, very much like that. Which, speaking of soccer hooligans, Charlie Hunnam was also in a movie called Green Street Hooligans where he played a soccer hooligan. Kind yeah. of funny. <laughs> anyway, that's that's just non sequitur. Yeah. That just happened. Enough uh-huh. of British fun facts. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's interesting to see his plan unfold, and you can, eat, you can piece it together. I had a good hankering that he was behind a lot of it yeah. after, I think, 
basically after the raid because there's not a lot of suspects. But yeah, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, the mystery isn't entirely the the focus of the movie, so I'm not acting like oh no. I shouldn't have been able to piece together. Ooh. No, no, a lot of it is like the fun of having the uh, what's the character's name? The guy who's telling the story. Fletcher. Uh, Fletcher. Fletcher. Yeah. The fun of it is having like Fletcher try and tell him these things that happened to him while also blackmailing him to give him $20 million. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's where a lot of the fun comes in. Cause he keeps like trying to like get one up on him, telling him what happened. He's like, that's not happened with Fletcher. He's like, I know, but what if, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's why you need me. What if a <laughs> pipe bomb went off? <laughs> and they're like, this is but the UK. They don't have pipe bombs. <laughs> Random fun fact that I make up. <laughs> they definitely do. Um, <laughs> they're illegal, so they don't have them. <laughs> that's how that works. Much like the guns in this movie. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah. So you, once you eventually do like 100% know it's him, you get to see that unfold, which I don't want to. I don't want to terribly spoil a lot of this movie because I do think that people oh, should. A lot of it is the journey to this point yeah. yeah like this movie is so much of like the characters themselves and not necessarily the plot points a b and c for me of like what makes this so yeah. good so i think that's that makes this movie for me at least a little hard to talk about yeah because there's like all the things that i love it's really hard to explain why i love them because it literally is just like the actors knew what they were doing with yeah. these characters they did get some very charismatic people to play some very charismatic roles yeah but that's part, like, that's why I was saying earlier why I feel like this movie, in a weird way, because there is substance to this movie, don't get me wrong, but it is a very style over substance movie in the sense that, like, all this is happening in, like, a very big, bombastic way. Uh, it's not so much, like, a good example is, like, a scene that you really love whenever he goes into, like, that crack den and he's talking to them about, you know, like, looking through their fridge and, like, telling them how to properly roll a joint and how he can't understand why they would just uh, do heroin instead of just, you know, doing a 50-50, like what he was about to smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more building up to him like showing his character than it was over the fact like hey I need that girl yeah and so there is a substance there or also like whenever that guy falls off the balcony afterwards and they have to chase after those kids there's a substance of the chase sequence there and him them trying to get the cell phones from these little hooligans <laughs> but also like that big talk of like listen I'll give you money alright I'll give you some money for that phone but I need it and I need you to put it down and I'll give you the money and you can just walk away from this and then they, they just decide and he has to have like that big talk with him about it up until they pull machetes on him and he's like you know what fuck this and then shoots in the air right yeah I also love the term and it's a term that's actually used is proper naughty boys yeah it's just fun <laughs> yeah that it is sounds fun- so silly for us but it, it actually means well, something I, there <laughs> yeah I, I actually learned of it from a pun like it was a pirate thing so they were naughty boys <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. uh, it, it's very much like a i feel like calling them proper little naughty boys is kind of like a very posh british way of saying someone's like a real gangsta yeah yeah like it's a white great. kid gangster <laughs> yeah basically hoodies uh but um yeah so there's a there's a lot of fun stuff uh i guess so I know you didn't want to spoil too much, but there's a twist that I need to spoil because it's a grievance I have with the movie, actually. Okay. okay. Um, so super duper last chance. Uh, <laughs> I will say even like I'm probably the lowest view of this movie, but I do still think it's <laughs> worth a watch. Um, so there's the twist with, funnily enough, in the scene we were already in mm-hmm. where the guy falls off the balcony and like they're they're revealing he's like the son of the Russian gangster people yeah 
And so, like, the story basically ends with them getting the one-up on Fletcher, but Fletcher actually has the one-up on them all along. Uh-huh. And so the Russians are trying to kill him, and that's where uh, the Russians are trying to kill him because Fletcher didn't get his doubly-bubbly. Yeah. And the coach gets the fourth one, which is a fun callback. I, I Out of the grievance, that's probably the best part about it for me, is it's a <laughs> good joke. And, like, they shoot... Uh, the other his boys, I guess to call them, like go and shoot because Mike, uh, Mike's also in, in trouble because he was kidnapped, mm-hmm. and they just fucking gun down the kidnappers and just basically hope Mike's okay. I guess. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I kind of thought like, that too because it is very much of a movie trope of like someone hiding behind a car well, while it gets shot up on the other end and. <laughs> Well, that's not really my grievance, just because, I mean, that's dumb, but it's a movie, yeah. whatever. My grievance is, I feel like this twist is kind of lame, honestly. The That it's like, oh, the Russians were actually also there the whole time. Yeah. I think it's kind of lame, yeah. and I get, I get why the movie wants to do it, because it wants to have another big old twist. I just feel like there's not really much to do with it. It ends almost immediately after it's revealed. Yeah, I think that's mostly just a payoff for that char- that kid character being killed. Well, like, I don't know. Does it need a payoff? Does every character dying need a payoff, really? No, I think you're right. I think that feels and guys, cheap. And Guy's mm-hmm. Richie's films, kind of, because, like, the way that this movie ended kind of sort of reminded me of, like, how Snatch. Uh, <laughs> we keep going back to that. Yeah. I guess I'm going to have to watch that at yeah. a point, Extremely influential. Yeah. It is. It, it is very similar to this. Like, this is more... And Snatch was, but it, it is very similar in a lot of the stylistic ways. Mm. But the ending of Snatch it, are reminding me of the ending of this movie a lot. They have sex in that one, too. I don't remember a specific sex scene, but probably. <laughs> I was going to say maybe, but I don't think there's any sex in Snatch. No, not that I can remember exactly, but who knows. But, um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I just think it's kind of lame. Yeah. And a bit unfortunate that it's like the big payoff. There's like a slight payoff with Fletcher actually selling the movie rights and then getting caught by... um guy who looks like seth Rogen in my head <laughs> charlie Hunnam's character. charlie on raymond is his, raymond. his character's name yeah. raymond everyone loves raymond uh <laughs> like there's like a cool payoff but i feel like it's kind of weak ultimately yeah, yeah i think that that does feel weak and it's very unnecessary i would say yeah because like you already got the cool one up on the one up on the one up at infinitum yeah with uh charlie Hunnam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Charlie Hunnam always knowing all along that Fletcher was there and he was just trying to stomp out another rat. <laughs> I love that vision. Like, <laughs> I think that one's funny yeah. and works well. I don't think you need the other, 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 the, the, the. Yeah. 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 To be fair, like, you can only have so many twists before it gets old. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it feels like a parody at this point, but I don't think it entirely is. Like, I think no. it knows it's silly, but I don't think it's, like, into, like, satire or parody. Yeah, yeah. Yet. It does know it's silly. I think that that something that works for this very well and like i think you can see that in a lot of the again the character work like in be- between the interactions between coach and raymond i guess yeah um you see a lot of like just completely silly takes on their characters and like their facial <laughs> yeah. reactions especially after the pig uh, <laughs> yeah. after the pig thing is shown that is yeah, that such all, a good scene. Yeah, so just laugh. the look on their face, it says everything you need to know about well, that. Especially, like, the coach is so, like, nonchalant, but saying, like, yeah, this is going to terrify me for the rest of my living <laughs> life. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was right properly there whenever it happened, and I still can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Like, 
This movie is funny for sure. Yeah. That I will never like argue with it. Yeah, it is. Um, I would but, say let's get into our final thought. All right. Let's start with Robbie. So, despite, I think Dry sees it as a downside when I say it's style over substance, but it is still a very much enjoyable movie. This movie probably wouldn't, wouldn't be as enjoyable if it wasn't like a style over substance because a lot of it is making these characters charismatic and making you care about them. And so, like, it takes these scenes that should be maybe 30 seconds long and drawing them out for like an extra five minutes with monologue, but it makes you love these characters more with it. And it is like, Despite E saying like it's a lot of money, $22 million isn't a whole lot of money, especially for a movie that has this much style with like this much feeling of richness behind it. Cause like, you know, they're drinking, they're eating Wagyu beef while drinking $150 scotch while wearing these nice tailor made suits throughout most of the movie, too. By the way, literally tailor made for those actors. Oh, I believe it. Like not just costume design, like literally a tailor named Taylor came in and I feel like you can't. Like not have it tailor made if you really want to sell how yeah. rich they are. Like uh, exactly. all the track shoot, all the track suits for, um, coach, coach, and all of his people, all tailor made. That's funny too, and actually, all made to coach. be matching because it just looks yeah. silly. Yeah, <laughs> but between that or like the fact that like it wasn't enough just to like rob them of their weed, they had to make a music video of it of them doing backflips everywhere. That one's great because that feels like something That's... that would happen in real life. <laughs> yeah. It does, but like that is still a style over substance choice <laughs> that he made. But like it, it's all to the credit of the movie, and it makes it better. It makes it funner, and it makes it funnier too. With it, uh, I think I kind of agree with E. Like the twist upon twist upon twist upon twist, like that kind of it's too much. It kind of follows in the rule of three and that's probably like one of the only downsides i have of this movie is that other than that the monologues are really fun uh the even the action scenes are really fun with this uh most of this movie like it is just it's very much a guy Ritchie film but that's to its credit like it it is a very fun movie to watch and it's hard to talk about it without like ruining it because it is something you kind of have to experience on your own um I give it an 8.5. Like, it was a fun movie all around. It does have, like I said, a little bit of quirks here and there that are just kind of eh. But all in all, it is a great movie. All right. E. Hello. What, what are your final thoughts? Um, Maybe, like, some of it might just be, like, I don't know Guy Ritchie that much, so I don't, like, appreciate some of the things <laughs> that he does. Um, And just, like, gangster movies are not my forte, even if this is a very <laughs> obviously sillier version of a gangster movie much sillier much faster paced yeah like if this was an actual gangster movie it'd probably be like three hours but mm-hmm. yeah um. i was gonna say um <laughs> pr- the main example i can think of, of like uh a gangster movie to watch would probably be like goodfellas that movie's like three hours long and it's mostly guys like talking about shady business and not in a fun way either yeah but i watched the animaniacs parody the good fellas i'm pretty sure i got the gist it's fairly <laughs> close actually yeah it is <laughs> but um like so yeah i probably my my dumb pea brain is probably not appreciative of some of the finer points that Dryas massive film critic brain is but <laughs> <laughs> I, I would definitely not say that. Um, I think that while watching this, you know the style of Guy Ritchie now. Like, this is his style. What you yeah. saw was his style. Like, you know it now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it, and if we show you another Guy Ritchie film, you'll recognize it. Or yeah. will I? You will. I think you will. I think his stuff is filmed and directed and acted in a very specific way. That is just nobody else does it that way. All right. But, um, yeah, like, uh, it's a very funny movie, but there's not a lot that like elevates it above a lot of other stuff I felt came out around the same time. Like, 
it's better than a lot of movies 2019 had. I'm I'll say that I I couldn't like 2019 feels like 80 years ago, so I couldn't tell you every movie <laughs> that came out that year. Does. But like I don't know, it is like this fits in with that kind of era of movies, a post pandemic era, whatever the <laughs> hell that means. But like it's it's good. I definitely think a lot of people would enjoy it. Like I'll probably tell my dad and my brother this was a fun movie and tell them they should probably watch it. But like, I don't know if I'll think about this movie a whole lot in the next week or so. Hmm, interesting. So, okay. Uh, I, I, mean, I, 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 I teeter from like a six or a seven. I think I'll give it like a tentative six right now. <laughs> it's good for okay. sure. To be uh, fair. twist prevents the seven in my head, whatever that means. <laughs> That that's kind of fair. I was gonna say like I don't want to compare it to like other comedies, but in a weird way, the twists kind of fall under the rule of threes. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't like. I think there's because a, a, a anime I love that I show Jiraiya, uh, Future Diary, also like constantly has twists, but I think it builds up to them a lot better than like say this. But that has the advantage of it's its entire season of a show. It's twelve yeah. hours. Yeah, whereas this was like. However, they like, were in the writing room and like, oh, what if I had like one good one? <laughs> but I, it, it just didn't stick with me. And that's not the movie's fault. Like, I was just like, oh, come on. Yeah. And that, like I said, it is one of the things. It's because if it had just like a twist and then something else happened and then another twist, that'd be, you know, that wouldn't be a twist on a twist. This one is just literally one twist after another twist after another twist. Yeah. And it's like literally like, oh, you thought you had the upper hand. Ha ha. I really have the upper hand. Yeah. No, right. no. I really have the upper hand. Ha ha. No, I really have the upper hand. Which, once yeah. again, that's something that's, well, falling into like the joke category of it. It's kind of one of those jokes that would be okay if they did like a joke of three, like did it three times and then that was it. But doing it over and over and over again, it's like almost the same style of joke as if someone just repeatedly said for five minutes at a time, like my dick, yeah. as a joke. <laughs> sure. Yeah, okay. That sounds fair. I don't know. Like, maybe if it had a better payoff after I wouldn't be as bummed about it, but like, it's just like, Oh no, Russian. Okay. They're dead. Yeah. Roll credits. Like maybe if it happened closer to the middle of the movie and then like the rest of the movie was, I don't think it's the Russians. No, I don't want that. I just like feel, I mean, even the, the movie itself makes a joke about having sequel bait. Yeah. Keep it as sequel, like a joke, sequel bait. Like, Oh no, it's now John Wick with all the Russians <laughs> against Mike. I don't know. Like there there's I'm not a film writer and there's a million things you could have done. It just didn't I didn't think it was as interesting. Um I'm going to agree with you on the Russian thing. I think that that is one step too far. Um I think faking out a character's death once is a pretty far step to go and the movie does that. Mm-hmm. Um with its main character. Actually, I did talk about that kind of is annoying to me, but that's more just because literally so many movies have that same fake out that I'm like, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think like that one time you can be okay with it, but I think the second time where it literally does the fake off makes everything after that feel cheap. Yeah. Um. I think that's the weakest part of the movie is those last five minutes, which sucks because everything else is so strong. And as much as it sucks, the truth is the last five minutes of a movie and the first five minutes of a movie are what people remember. Usually, They yeah. remember entering the theater, how they how it started, and how it ended. That's why in so many movies, 
they end with a big like memorable pop song or like a mm-hmm. big like strong something strong in the credits that you can feel and hear and why so many movies like end on a big song because and why Disney it, loves the after credits scene so much. Yeah, like it makes you feel good and it makes you remember even if maybe it was mediocre throughout all of it. Boom, you get this one big thing. And I think just the one thing this movie's missing is having a real good payoff with this character at the end. Yeah. I feel like it cheapens them still being there. Yeah. Um so that does suck. I agree with you actually. Um but everything else in this movie, literally everything else, I absolutely love. I really do love this movie. Nobody's talked about it, which again to be fair, the world sort of ended. Yeah. Um but like it's just a really really fun movie and I really love all the characters. I have tons of respect for everybody's performance in this. Um, one thing that I forgot to mention, Hugh Grant, uh, Fletcher, he recorded all of his scenes in five days. Um, and that was nearly 40 pages of just pure dialogue that he did in five days. It's not bad. A ton of work. Like what the fuck? (laughs) I wonder how many times he just slipped on a word. And then (laughs) then just got super mad. Yeah. Yeah, Probably a lot, actually. I mean, obviously you wouldn't have to like restart the whole thing because there's many like break points. There's a lot of cuts. like, I just... Just the concept would be like, fuck, I have to read, like, four <laughs> lines now. I mean, yeah. that kind of does show that, like, there probably wasn't a whole lot of takes. Like, like, yeah, you nailed it on the third take. You nailed it on the first take kind of yeah, yeah. things with him. Or maybe he just never slept for five days. Dun, dun. He just That's how he got that look throughout the entire movie because he was just <laughs> so tired. He was tired but caffeinated the entire time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. Weird. That's insane. That's, like, an insane shoot. Mm-hmm. Because he's such an important character to that movie. Um, yeah, I honestly really do love this movie. I really highly recommend people go and watch it for yourself. It's super, super fun. I would give it a nine. Yeah. Uh, if only it wasn't so annoying to watch. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, like literally like streaming it. Oh, Remember, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. the weird <laughs> stars or whatever. Showtime. 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 You gotta have Showtime or Showtime or how about Showtime or Showtime? Yeah. Or, or buy it. Or Maybe Showtime. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, this movie kind of is one of those buy it or showtime. <laughs> See, what people don't know, though, is you, you did buy the movie on 4K, and then as soon as you put the disc in there, it asked you for your showtime information. Oh, I don't even <laughs> don't even put that into the universe, Robbie, because that could be a thing. You're going to shut your mouth. You're going to try to redeem the digital, and it has like a coupon for a free month of showtime, and that's oh, the digital. Oh, that would be... Oh. Oh. Don't even... No, EA yeah. tried this already. Fuck this. Yeah. It's bullshit. <laughs> Oh, we man. will throw a fit. We will burn down a building. That'd Dry be will so be like, pissed. I'm going to stop buying 4Ks. And then the stock plummets because Dry is the only person who buys 4Ks. I'm, the only, I'm one of seven people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's our thoughts on that. Yeah, so nine, eight and a half, and then a six. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds yeah. pretty on par for what we do. Yeah, yeah it really usually. shows the difference in how we view movies. Yeah, but, a little bit. You know. I mean, to be fair, I'm the one that's easy to please, so. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've... We say this a lot. I really am an enigma because, like, there's a lot of stuff I feel like would make me really enjoy this movie, but it just didn't click in a lot of ways. There have been a handful. Was just I was really annoyed by the dumb twist. Maybe but. I don't know. But like, there have been times where, like, oh yeah, we think you're really gonna like this movie, and like, nope, didn't like it. And then mm. there's other times like, oh, he's probably not gonna like this movie, and <laughs> he responds with, hey, fucker, I actually really like yeah. this movie. If you want examples of that, um, John Wick was one. I was sure after. Not liking John Wick 2, after I got the first movie, I would everything would piece together and I would have loved it. No, I did not like John Wick much. And then yeah. <laughs> on the other spectrum, La La Land, 
Dry was certain I was gonna hate with a passion, and I actually really liked La La Land. So. Yeah, I don't know what to expect from you anymore. <laughs> yeah, you just, it's a roll of D one hundred and hope that it's a. <laughs> it, it's like one of those spells in D anD D where there's like eighty thousand <laughs> options for what happens after you roll the dice. <laughs> That's me with movies. Yeah, okay. Well, E, if people want to get a hold of us, where can they do that? We have a link tree. L-A-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash L-O-I-P. That gives you the link to all our social medias as well as where you can listen to us. If you don't like what you're listening to on now, try one of the other things. Maybe yeah. maybe they're better. I don't know. We're kind of on everything. I use Podbean myself, so I couldn't tell you the quality of others. I like Spotify. Yeah, I go between Spotify and Podbean. And if you want to get in contact us directly, but don't want to use Twitter or the other social media <laughs> sites, we have an email. The last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Send us your gangster movies. Ooh. Yeah, do that. That'd be cool. Um, Robbie. Yes. Take us out of here. So while you're out and about, be kind to one another and be safe around one another. Make sure to stay six feet apart. Make sure to wear a mask. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. Get vaccinated if you can. Please. But if not, I blanked out there for a second. I'm sorry. (laughs) Now it's a threat. But if not, (laughs) but if not, take it as a threat. (laughs) But if not, do what you can to stay home, stay alone, stay alive. And whether this is the very first time that you've listened to us or you've been with us since the very beginning, Thank you for listening. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Robbie. Mm-hmm. Thank you, E. No problem. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye.